Welcome back to season six, episode thirty-four, the Mom and Girl Problem Podcast. This is part two of Black Milestones to Black History Month. And I want to start off by saying thank y'all for listening to part one, and I can't wait to continue on to part two. <clears throat> now, where we left off, we talked about like significant like focal points in Black African American history, and I want to keep going with that same movement and momentum. And some things that come to mind, <clears throat> I'm sure you know. Excuse me. Um, when Oprah Winfrey launched uh, the Syndicate Talk Show in 1986, throughout the 1980s and 1990s, the success of long-running sitcoms like The Cosby Show, featuring popular comedian Bill Cosby as the doctor, patriarch of a close-knit middle-class African-American family, helped redefine the image of Black characters on mainstream American television. Suddenly, there was a, no lack of educated, uploading mobile family-oriented Black characters for TV viewers to look to both in fiction and in life. And in the 1980s, um, entrepreneur Robert L. Johnson founded Black Entertainment Television, BET, which he later sold to the entertainment giant Viacom for $3 billion. Perhaps the most striking phenomenon, however, was the rise of Oprah Winfrey. Born in rural Mississippi to a poor, unwitting teenage mother, Winfrey got her start in television news before taking over a morning talk show in Chicago in 1984. Two years later, she launched her own national syndicate talk show, The Oprah Winfrey Show, which would go on to become the highest rated TV in history. Celebrating for her ability to talk candidly about a wide range of issues, Winfrey spun her talk show success into a one-woman empire, including acting, film, and television production and publishing. She not only promoted the works of Black female writers, forming a film company to produce movies based on novels like The Color Purple by Alice Walker and Beloved by Nobel Prize winner Toni Morrison. She starred in both. One of the most influential individuals in entertainment and the first Black female billionaire, Winfrey is also an active philanthropist, giving generally to Black South Africans and the, to the historically Black Morehouse College, among other causes. And then we have uh, the Million Man March in 1995. In October 1995, hundreds of thousands of black men gathered in Washington, D.C. for the Million Man March, one of the largest demonstrations of its kind in the capital's history. Its organizer, Minister Luis uh, Francahan, also called a Million Sober, displayed a committee uh, dedicated to inspiring black men to meet in Washington on the Day of the Atonement. And uh, Frank Clark, who had started control over the, the nation of Islam, commented on as black Muslim in the late 1970s, reassured its original principle of black separatism. It may have been an diary figure, but the idea behind the Million Man March was one of the most black and many white people could get behind. The march was intended to bring a kind of a, a spiritual renewal among black men and to instill its theme a sense of solidarity and a personal responsibility to improve their own condition. It would also organize belief and disapprove some of the stereotypical negative image among black men that exists in American society. But by the time the U.S. government war on drugs has sent a disproportionate number of African-American persons, and by the 2000, more black men were incarcerated than in college. Estimated of the number of participants in the Million Man March ranged from 400,000 to more than 1 million. It success spurred the organization of a Million Woman March, which took place in 1997 in Philadelphia. But what I also like to form is that Colin Powell became a Secretary of State. As Chairman of Joint Chief of State from 1989 to 1993, the first African-American to hold that position was the Vietnam veteran and a four-star U.S. Army General, Colin Powell, played an integral role in planning and executing the first Persian Gulf War under President George H.W. Bush 
After his retirement from the military in 1993, many people began floating his name as a possible presidential candidate. He decided to run again, but soon became a prominent figure in the Republican Party. In 2001, George W. Bush appointed Powell as Secretary of State, making him the first African American to serve as American top diplomat. Powell sought to build international support for the controversial U.S. invasion of Iran in 2003, delivering a decisive speech to the United Nations regarding the country's possession of weapon materials that were later revealed to be based on faulty intelligence. He resigned after Bush's re-election in 2004. In another history-making appointment, um, Gonzalez Rice, Bush's long-term foreign policy advisor and former head of the National Security Council, succeeded Powell, becoming the first African-American woman to serve as Secretary of State. Though he largely out the public spotlight and after stepping down, Powell remained an admired figure in Washington and beyond. And though he continued to brush off any speculation of a possible future presidential run, Powell made headlines during the 2008 presidential campaign when he broke from the Republican Party to endorse Barack Obama the eventual winner and the first African-American to be elected president of the United States. Now, we all know the blood of Barack Obama's history, so I don't have to see But after Barack Obama became the first black president, we have another movement that was very popular, and that became the Black Lives Matter movement. The term Black Lives Matter was first used by organizer Alice Garza in a 23 Facebook post to respond to the acquittal of George Zimmerman, a Florida man who sought and killed unarmed 17-year-old Trayvon Martin on February 26, 2012. Martin's death set off a nationwide protest like the Million Hood March. In 2013, Patricia Cooler, Alicia Garris, and Opal Timothy formed the Black Lives Matter Network with the mission to eradicate white supremacy and build local power to intervene in violence inflicted on the black community by the state's and vigilance. And the hashtag Black Lives Matter first appeared on Twitter on July 13, 2013, and spread widely as a high profile case involving the death of black civilians provoked renewed outrage. A series of blacks of a series of deaths of black African Americans at the hands of police officers continue to spark outrage and protests, including Eric Gardner in New York City, Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri, Tamara Rice in Cleveland, Ohio, and Frederick Gray in Baltimore, Maryland. The Black Lives Matter movement gained renewed attention on September 2016 when San Francisco 49er Eric Riddle, Eric Hodo, and quarterback Colin Kaepernick kneeled during the national anthem before the game against the Seattle Seahawks draw attention to the recent act of police brutality. Dozens of other players, NFL and beyond, followed suit. And then we have the George Floyd protests. The movement swelled to a critical juncture on May 25, 2020, in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic, when 46-year-old George Floyd died after being handcuffed into the ground by Officer Derek Chauvin. Chauvin was still kneeling on Floyd's neck for more than eight minutes. Floyd had been accused of using counterfeit $20 bill at a local deli in Minneapolis. All four officers involved in the incident were fired. In April 2021, Chauvin was convicted of second-degree unintentional murder, third-degree murder, and second-degree manslaughter. In February 2022, the three officers were found guilty of depriving Floyd of his civil rights when they held with the restraint that led to his death. Floyd's killing comes on the heels of two other high-profile cases in 2020. On February 23rd, 25-year-old Maude Aubrey was killed while out for a run after being followed by three white men in a pickup truck. And on March 13th, 26-year-old Breonna Taylor was shot eight times and killed as the police broke down the door of her apartment while executing a nighttime warrant. On May 26, 2020, the, death, the day after Floyd's death, 
protesters in Minneapolis took the street of protesting Floyd's killing. Police cars were set on fire, and officers released tear gas to disperse the crowd. After months of quarantine, isolation, during a global pandemic, protests mountains spreading across the country in the following days and weeks. And then we have Kamala Harris becoming the first woman and first black U.S. vice president in 2021. In January 2021, Kamala Harris became the first woman and the first woman of color to become vice president of the United States. Then candidate Joe Biden had nominated Harris in August 2020 in the Democratic Party remote national convention. Harris, whose mother immigrated to the United States from India and whose father immigrated from Jamaica, was the first person of African or Asian descent to become a major party vice president candidate and the first to win office. In her speech in November 2020, Harris said that she was thinking about the generation of women, black women, Asian, white, Latina, Native American women who throughout our nation's history have paved the way for this woman tonight. Women who have fought and sacrificed for so much equality and liberty and justice for all. I think that's important for our history, especially for um, for us having a first black president. On January 20th, 2009, Barack Obama was uh, inaugurated as the 4th president of the United States, and he was the first African American to hold that office. The product of the interracial marriage, his father grew up in a small village in Kenya, his mother in Kansas. Obama grew up in Hawaii, but discovered his civic calling in Chicago, where he worked for several years as a community organizer on the city's largest black south side. And, you know, he studied at Harvard Law. Um, he began his political career in 1996 in the Illinois State Senate and 2004 announced his candidacy for a newly vacant seat in the U.S. Senate and delivered a rousing keynote speech at the year Democratic National Convention, attracting national attention with his um, eloquent call for national unity and cooperation across party lines. In February 2007, just months after becoming only the third African-American elected to the U.S. Senate since the Reconstitution, Obama announced his candidacy for the Democratic political nomination. And I say, <coughs> with, excuse me, with great satisfaction, he, he became um, president on my grandmother's birthday, which was uh, November 4th. And that was probably the most, the best birthday gift that she could ask for to witness, you know, a Black African-American man become president of the United States. And I think it's very important because his, Obama's um, energy for the crowd and his message of hope and change embodying the slogan, Yes We Can, inspiring thousands of new voters and many Young and black cast their vote for the first time in this historic election, and when he was reelected in 2012. I think that's very important because that history shows that we have come a long way to show that we are not uh, any type of person to back down, to fight, to challenge. We will let our voices be heard. And I, for one, am glad to see that happen in history, and I can't wait to see another milestone be reached when we can, you know, wholeheartedly be able to go beyond that, beyond, you know, hopefully eventually seeing uh, first African-American female become president of the United States one day, or just have equality, like equal pay for everyone, not just going by race and color, and hopefully to see this systematic racism die down eventually, hopefully soon. But the way everything is going right now, especially in 2024, I hope that the recognition of Black History Month does not fall to the wayside. And remember that just because Black History is for one month doesn't mean it has to stop in February. It can use all year round, especially with Juneteenth finally becoming a national holiday as well. 
I think it's very important that we should be able to realize that, you know, that black history is so much more than, you know, having slavery oppression, but also show that we learn from our past and we are not let our past hold us back, but what let our past to bind us in that new light where we as African Americans and black people, we have a long way to go before people truly realize our worth and showing how we can be a present off screen, on screen, in fantasy fiction, media, literature, even in political settings that we are just like everybody else and we deserve a chance to prove our work just like everybody else here. But thank y'all for tuning in part two of Black Milestones and Black History Month and I'll see you soon for another episode. And uh we'll have one more episode uh, to round out um Black History Month and that will be the end of season six and then I'll take a hiatus to season seven and then I'll probably make well, just keep in, in tune when you listen to the trailer for season seven because I have some exciting things coming up and I can't wait to explore them always. But until there, take care, have a nice day. Until then, bye.